This is a download from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Hello, I'm Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to a Sunday kind of love. I hope you're having a really good Sunday. Uh, Maya's away for the weekend, but we've got another story this week. A really interesting one to keep you entertained for the next hour. We're going to be reading Ah Bing's Wedding, written by Tam Wai Liang. And yes, Ah Bing is the name of our protagonist. Now, I find it really interesting that the author will call his character Ah Bing. The name brings to mind a very stereotypical idea of a Chinese boy who's rough in manners, perhaps even violent. But as you find out in the story, our protagonist has a soft side that really shows through the people around him as he goes about running an illegal job for a ruthless loan shark. Here's Off New Thing taking us through the thoughts of Abing addressed to the mysterious unnamed character. They call me Abing. That is because I dye my hair blonde and cannot speak proper English, but my written English is still okay. The only problem is when I talk all the posh people with their Mercedes-Benz look up and say Chis! Chalaka you! Then they will say they will call the police and whatnot. But since this is KL, they soon ignore me afterwards. I do not know in which language to talk to you because I don't know whether you are from Cambodia or Thailand or Myanmar or somewhere else. Maybe you are Nepali? Anyway, I feel very sorry for you. Besides massages, what else do you do in the massage parlour? Waiting until night comes and then only you got extra work? Not good work as well. I don't know how you can tahan all this. My job is not so bad. You know what it is? I collect money from people. Boss sends me to go after people who borrow money but never pay back on time. All I do is go tell them to hurry up and pay back their money or I'll go and cut them into little pieces and fit to their chihuahuas. <laughs> I would never do that. I don't like being violent. Everyone is always too scared of me and pay back their loans so my boss is happy. That is what I do. So, why am I writing to you? Simple. I know that every day in the shop downstairs you have this book in your language that you keep reading. I don't know what it is about but you always sit by yourself and read it. Sometimes you look sad that you are completely alone like that book is your only friend. I think that you also need to talk to someone. Those other girls at the shop, where are they from? Not all of them can speak your country's language. All those China girls in the shop speak Mandarin only. I myself don't know how to speak Mandarin, can only speak Cantonese and Hakka. No one to teach me how to speak so I never learn. But we can talk in English, no problem. I think that is the only language that we got in common. Usually I act like I cannot talk or listen in English. This is because I don't want my boss to know. You met him before? I don't think so. He doesn't like to come to his business in Chowkit and Jalan Sultan. He prefers to he stay in his nice office at BB, where he can wear suits and give orders like a tycoon. As he thinks I cannot understand, he talks about his secrets in English. I listen so I know what he is up to. But I must be careful. If he finds out, then I'll be fired or assassinated for sure. Sorry, my paper is out of space already. Cannot write more. Next time I'll get more paper. But... Is there a next time? If you want me to write again, then I will go and write some more. Just leave this letter inside the fridge behind the tiger beer in the shop, where I saw you reading your book. Boss lets me stash my beer there, and no one will dare touch it. I told the other gangsters that if they do, then I will beat them until they are dead. But I am only joking. <laughs> like I said before, I don't like violence. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hello, it's nice to hear from you again. I'm surprised you actually wrote back. And I want to say that your handwriting is very nice. It is like the cursive handwriting that I used to learn in school. The teacher made me do that every day until I got bored. I also don't know how anyone can write like that. But that was a long time ago. I got expelled from three schools for what my teacher called misdemeanors. You say you don't want to tell me where you are from. I can understand why. Is it because you have no passport? Don't worry, KL got so many people in the same situation like you, but I tell you a trick. My boss friend, he has about 10 Bangladeshi workers in his shop. Every few years, they are given ICs by the government to go and vote in elections. Every year, my boss friend has to lock up his workers inside the shop so they cannot go and vote. So during election time, you get an IC for sure. Then you know it to work at this massage parlor already. You can go and become a movie star or something. You know? Here, they make a lot of movies. Maybe you can join them. You also look a bit like model, so there's no problem. There's a lot about Malaysia that I can tell you. Have you seen those advertisements before? Chuti Chuti Malaysia. They will show you a lot of pictures. Those ones where there are cows and coconut trees and villages. We call them kampongs. And people playing musical instruments and everything is all green. <laughs> those pieces are all gone. You go outside KL and you see nothing but oil palms up and down the north-south highway. If got kampongs, the people are all poor and like my boss says, they depend on garment to give them free food and electricity. I know this one because when I was young, I was born in one of those kampongs. I grew up among all those trees and then my relatives moved out of the estates. They wanted to find work in the city. But the furthest that most of them went was Teluk Anson. But my mother and father didn't want to go. We stayed in this shop house. It was very old and you can see swallows nest on the ceiling. My father collected the bird's nest to sell them. In your country, you got drink bird's nest? Here we drink a lot. He bought another shop house and let swallows build their nest inside. But soon, business turned very bad. So he go and borrow money from loan sharks. That's where all the trouble starts. This was a few years ago and I was out in town. You don't need to know the name of this place because if I told anyone, my relatives who still live there will be in danger. Let's call this town Salamat, okay? So my father, he used to be very famous in Salamat last time because of his business. Even though he was a very bad businessman, people still call him the Bird's Nest King. But on that day, my friend Lee comes and finds me at the coffee shop. It was after school and I had just failed my exams. Eh, your father, I think he cannot whack by the loan sharks. I saw them going to your house. I was quite scared, but what can I do? In our town, the police are very bad. One of them is a rampit and every night he goes racing up and down Jalan Datuk Fazil. Anyway, they are all good friends with the loan sharks because they all grew up together in the same school. So what can I do? Went home and found my parents are dead. The gangsters went too far. So I ran away. Nobody was going to help me. I took whatever money is still left in the house and went to the bus stop. There was a bus that was almost about to leave and I got on. I just bought the ticket even when I didn't know where it was going to. I only found out by asking the old woman in front of me once I am inside. Hiya, you very blur ah. This bus is going to KL. KL, capital city. I've never even left my state before. So the bus leaves my kampong and goes out of the oil palm trees. Four hours later, I am in KL, at Puduraya Station to start a new life. 
How about you? What's your story? How's it that you came here? Why did you come here instead of going somewhere else? That is all for now. Hello! I see that you have a new haircut. I like it very much. It looks very nice on you. I can also see you still do not trust me. I know what is it you are thinking. How can you trust an abeng? Gangsters in Malaysia are supposed to be very cunning and evil. They will fight for money and will kill people for money. Everything comes down to money. That is quite true for people like my boss. I see him every day. He's always at the coffee shop. He looks very normal when you see him outside his office actually. Still wear his white pagoda singlet and shorts. But that is because he is spying on everyone. In coffee shops, all the old uncles talk bad about the government and about thieves and gangsters. What my boss does, he sit down and listens to all this gossip. Then he will decide on his next business venture. For example, yesterday, there's this old man called Mutasami. Mutasami owns this pet shop on the next street and he has not been able to pay his bills on time. So boss goes back to the office and calls me in. Then he tells me, Bang, you listen here. Go and tell Mutasami that I offer him very cheap rate to borrow money. Lowest interest in KL. Even lower than the bank. Sure boss, I say. But you yourself know that you are going to blasa him if he doesn't pay back on time. Then boss is not happy with me, of course. Hey, don't need to act so clever. Just do what I tell you. If not, I can fire you or call the police to raid your slum. Don't think just because I gave you a job that day when you come out of the Pudu Raya station from God knows where that I will pity you if you don't do what I tell you. So I went to Mutasami shop. There is a big arowana fish in there. My uncle used to have one in his house. They say that if you look at a fish's head, you can see winning 4D numbers. Maybe if you are lucky with 4D, you can fly back home. Then you don't need to work in Chinatown. Much better if you leave this place. Everyone wants to get out. It's like a sink where all the poor and homeless and desperate wash up, trying to scramble on top of each other to run away. Mutasami looks up and is scared when I walk in. Of course he is scared. I'm the famous blonde gangster of Jalan Sultan. Then I tell him, Mutasami, my boss wants to offer you a deal. He says that if you borrow money from him, you can sure pay back interest-free for three weeks. Then Mutasami is trembling. Please, I cannot. I do need the money very badly, but I am very scared to borrow from your boss. So I hear him and then I take out money from my pocket. 2,000 ringgit, I said. You take first. He looks at me and is very grateful. He starts to cry and I leave. I don't like to listen to people saying thank you. To me, it always sounds like they are begging. I just went back and told boss that Mutasami has borrowed money from the 303 gang instead. As for that 2,000 ringgit, I got it last week. There was one drunk dealer who goes around every night trying to sell ecstasy to clubs and ganja to minors. I hate him because I see all these drug addicts inside all the lorongs and they cannot do anything to help themselves. When I walk past them, they just look at me with blank eyes like they are zombies. He was very drunk that night. He bumped into me and my brothers when we were walking back from the cinema and told us to get lost. I just shoved him back in anger. But the brothers thought I was fighting and beat him up and threw him into one of those lorongs. They also stole his drugs and took his money for good measure. Now you don't tell boss, huh? I said to my brothers. 
we are cleaning up this city of drug dealers. Our own public service, right? Now you keep the drugs as your own reward. You don't tell him. I won't tell him. Mr. Mutiasami's shop is still there. He has some business. Yesterday I passed by the shop and the arowana fish has been sold. I feel happy because I could help. As long as boss don't know, everything is good. What's next for Abing and his mysterious pan pal? Stay tuned for the second part of the show. This is a Sunday kind of love on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, I'm Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to A Sunday Kind of Love. We've been reading through heartfelt letters written by an abing, addressed to an enigmatic girl, known as the girl who works at the shop downstairs. Off new thing continues the story. Are you okay? You look like you were crying last night. Your face also has a bruise. I recommend you go to the old lady at the medicine hall. She will know how to help you. If you really want to know why I am writing, I will tell you. It is because I am getting married. No, it's not because I am very hamsap and not um, sexually satisfied. It is because I don't love my... What word is that people use? Ah, yes. Fiancé. What a posh word. I had to go and ask Mr. Mutiasami how to spell it. Mr. Mutiasami is actually a very clever man. When he is young, he used to be in the army to fight the communists. My uncle, he was a communist. But they were losing, so he had to surrender and he got some rewards and even managed to set up his own shop in Salamat. But Mr. Mutiasami, he was very unlucky. He got shot in his leg, so he is now crippled. He has to use his umbrella to walk around nowadays. So my fiance, she's also not from KL. I also cannot remember where she is from. I know that it's somewhere from the East Coast. Have you been there before? It's like a different country. People have holidays on Friday and Saturday and speak in different dialect that most other Malays don't understand. But they are so poor. So my fiancé has to leave her home and come to KL and work. She works at a karaoke place near Petaling Street. I used to go there a lot last time because I also stay near there. I stay on the top floor of one of those old shops with my colleague, Afong. Afong also works for Boss. He is very sarcastic. A bit psycho, I think. He's our security guard. What that means is he kills people. He does not say a lot about it. I don't dare to ask him a lot of questions. Otherwise, he might get fed up and kill me just so he can get enough sleep. He has no morals. I always went to the karaoke place. She was the one who come in and adjust the songs and bring beer. Because she serves drink, she always has to wear all these sexy clothes. So one time, me and one of the brothers just finished our work for the day. When I say work, not all of it is money lending. Sometimes we stay in the warehouse and count boxes, and sometimes drive some of bosses' fake Thai goods to the shops. That is what we do when boss doesn't need us to collect debts. So anyway, that time, the brother was very drunk, so he tried to pick up my fiancé. She was very scared, so I hit his head with the microphone. You behave yourself, I said. What kind of man are you, huh? If your mother sees you, she will disown you. So of course, I take the girl outside. Then because I am like that, I ask her if she's okay and try to give her money to apologise. But she say it is fine. She tells me her name, but I won't tell you. Some things are private. She talks to me about how she ran away from home and wants to make enough money so she can leave KL. Like I said, people are here for the money, but it is not a safe city. People die all the time. 
people suffer and have to cut off their arms to beg properly for money. I have nothing much to say, I just listen to her. Since I'm a man, I go and talk to her more often. I go to the karaoke place just so I can talk to her, but I pretend that it is because I like singing. Wow, yeah! Afong sneered at me when he finds out what it is I'm doing. He's being very sarcastic. He thinks that I'm being very childish. Last time we had a lot of things to discuss and soon I began to tell her about myself. I talked to her about Salamat, about how my family died and had to run away to KL. And she tells me about her life on the East Coast where her family works in a coffee shop smaller than the ones in most rundown places in KL for pathetic pay. At that time when we were talking under a hazy sky at midnight on the roof of the karaoke joint with the twin towers in the background, I was in love. But that was a very long time ago. You ask me, why am I still going to marry her even if I do not love her? You also tell me you have a story like my fiancé and you got mentioned some details. Let me try and guess your whole story. Your family is poor and they are starving. Where can you go? Even in your country, there are so many poor people and they are being taken back to their villages by the police. For women, there is only one thing you can do. So you do it. You came here because there is a lot of tourists, dirty old men and less competition, not like Bangkok. But of course, you don't want to stay in this massage parlour for the rest of your life. So, why am I marrying her? Now, I have no choice. What else can I do with my life? I cannot simply go back to Salamat. People there are still looking for me. They want the money that my parents owe them and they have a long memory. I only have enough to live from one day to another day. In Malay, they have one saying. Last time at school, I learned it but I forgot already. Maybe it is Kais Makan Pagi. But that is not important. If I do not marry my fiancé, then there is nothing left for me. In this city, who wants to marry an abeng like me? You see, even these coffee shop owners want respectable sons-in-laws. They want someone who can get them out of their slums, not someone like me who works in crime. And I know that she is happy now. Every time I see her, when I pass by the karaoke joint, she talks about the wedding. She is very hopeful that we will have a better tomorrow. We go and watch movies and it always has a happy ending where the action hero kills all the bad guys and marries the pretty girl. But for me, it's not like that. I do not love her as much as she loves me. I cannot leave KL. I have been in this city for 10 years already, I think, and I'm part of it. You know those stray dogs, every time they come out and bark, I'm like them. I have no place to stay except with Afong the assassin. I come out, I shout at people and threaten them and then I go back to sleep and eat. My life is like that. You think I can be a businessman or office worker? Cannot. I am a gangster. I can only be a gangster. I don't know what else is there for me to do. But she is scared. She always tell me now I need to be careful. There's a lot of shooting nowadays. There are assassins killing each other. Someone tried to kill boss once. Do you know that? Last week, someone put a bomb in the boot of his car. It exploded just before he got in the car. So he survived. But now he's very paranoid. He asked Afung to accompany him everywhere, even when he go to the toilet. He wants to be safe because he has made many enemies, mostly rival gang bosses. So now I'm also being upgraded. Afong is going to teach me how to use gun. 
I will become a security guard for boss very soon. Where do you think I can go? She's talking about where we will move to. She already saved up money to go to Penang. Every day she talks about Penang because she has heard many good things about it. She wants to work in a proper shop in a shopping mall where the beach is clean and white and she's far away from the misery of KL. I smile and tell her that of course we will go. But she knows that I'm lying. She knows that I will not go away from KL because it is all I know. What else can I do? Are you sure you are okay? I'm very worried. You have another bruise. Do not worry. Next week, I'll have finished my training. I already know how to use a revolver. Afong teach me already. He tells me how to open up the chamber and put the bullets inside. He also teach me how to aim. Yesterday night, he took me to the old mines outside KL. There's nothing there, except old mining lakes that are filled with cold water and Aedes mosquitoes. Last time, there are stories that there are ghosts inside the lake. We call them penunggu, so the children drown when they swim in it. I practiced shooting target at the old mines with Afong. He learned how to become an assassin after his father and brother died. They were also assassins, but for a different gang. Afong was 13 years old when he first used a gun. He taught me how to position my arm so that I can shoot properly. He is happy and says that I can be a very good shooter. I've been arguing with my fiancé because she sees that I'm carrying a gun now. So of course she panics already. She thinks that now I have a gun, I am in more danger. I laugh. Cheese! I am more safe now. Nobody will mess with me anymore. You know all those other gangsters, they only got parangs and knife. Once you have a gun, you are the biggest man on the street. Then she's quiet. She does not want to talk to me. She did not want to see me when I went to visit her last week. When I say I don't love her, it doesn't mean that I don't care. I'm still very worried. I went to talk to Mr. Mutyasami. His shop is still doing well. I tell him about my problem in a small office behind the counter where he works. There are cats and birds and a lot of guppies staring at us. Until now, he is the only person I can talk to in the city. He's the only person I know who is not a criminal or involved in crime. I tell him about my fiancé and ask him for advice. He is quiet for a while before he tells me that if I keep doing my work, we are in danger. One night, I had a dream. It was in the office where they register people's wedding. I was there with my fiancé. Afong also went and he laughed. Abing's wedding! He says. I was happy and she was very happy. I promised her that we will leave KL and we will go to Penang or to Ipoh or to wherever she wanted to go. Then we go outside. I'm holding her hand, which is what the young people do nowadays. And then there is shooting. Her blouse is red, my hands are red, and I'm crying. Then I wake up and I realize that she cannot marry me. If she does, she will be in danger. I remember my father. He was not a gangster, and see what happened to him? My whole family died because he borrowed money. I saw my fiancé again last night. This was after I came back from the mines with Afong. I tell her straight away that I am not the right person for her to marry. She has to go and find someone else. I am a gangster. I am condemned to die as a gangster. When I die, I will go to hell and she will become an outcast. Who wants to be a gangster's wife?
She shouted at me and tells me that I can still change. Everyone in all the rooms at the karaoke was suddenly quiet because it was more dramatic than a Hong Kong drama. I was angry. I hit her. So now I do not know what to do. Don't know if I should go and find her again to tell her I am sorry. But I hope that she does not forgive me. I hope that she realises that even though I promised her a lot of things, even I cannot deliver in the end. Because all I know is violence and death. I saw who was giving you bruises. You don't need to pretend anymore. It is Afong. Last night, I was with him. We were in Boss's nightclub down the road. You know, the one where people get drunk and high for no reason? Afong was drinking. He had just come back from one of his jobs, shot a man in Chera's restaurant and calmly rode away on his motorbike. I was also scared of him, but he was in a good mood and brought beer, so of course, I never complained. Then we were supposed to go back to the flat. Then he stopped outside the massage parlour. Wait, don't so fast go back, he say. Find a girl first. I tell him he's very drunk and he should go and sleep, but he laughs at me. You are scared of your fiancé, is it? I thought you two break up already? That is true. Last week, I went to the karaoke joint. I asked for her, she's not there. I asked using her Chinese name, also not there. I don't know where she went to. Maybe back to the east coast or something. Didn't leave her name or anything. One day she's there, next day she's gone, like a ghost. So I was angry with him when he suddenly became very agitated. He went to the girl who is holding the advertisement for volcano massage and special massage and all that nonsense. So where is this Susie? He says very roughly. Don't tell me she's busy again. I want her now. That's when I know it is him who is doing this to you. Then he went inside. He didn't come out, so I went home. So when I saw you the next day, you had another bruise. I can imagine him doing it. I did not react that time because I was too stunned. Don't worry about Fong. Tonight, I have a plan. He's going to Kepong for a job. He asked me to go as well to see how this is done. His target is a businessman who also sells drugs. He will wait near the food court until the businessman comes out and then he will kill him. I will be with him and I will shoot Fong afterwards. It will not be difficult for me. I am doing a public service. It is time that I do something that is honourable. For my whole life, I have only been a gangster. It is time to do something that I can be proud of. I don't know what will happen to me. If I'm lucky, I'll be able to get rid of Afong. But what will I do next? Easy. I will come and find you. You deserve more than this city. Like my fiancé, you should be somewhere else. In Penang, or Ipoh, or maybe back home. I think of a different life and I can imagine that you will have one. I will help you get away before it is too late. I'm not sure if I have the chance though. I've lived here too long already, like Mr. Mutesami living in this city in the hope that things will get better. If I do not come back, please remember me sometime. I hope that I've been more than just an abing to you. That is all. That was Off New Thing reading us the story of Abing's wedding written by Tam Wai Liang. Hope you enjoy it. This is Daryl Ong and I'll be joining you again in an hour for some jazz tunes on Tick 5. But before that, we've got Ticket to Ride in the lineup, so do stay tuned with us. This is BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. 
To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.